Welcome back, everybody, to another Eats Beat podcast, the most delicious podcast in the Metroplex. I'm Rick Press. <laughs> I'm Bud Kennedy. And we're at Ellerbee Fine Foods with the chef, Molly McCook. Hi, Molly. Hi. Thanks for having me today. Well, welcome. Well, and for those of you who don't know, Molly's uh, about to embark on a pretty important journey. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, we have been invited to cook at the James Beard House next month. And it's actually going to be our five-year anniversary to the day. So we're really excited and looking forward to the trip. How do you decide when, when you get to go to New York and, and what do you decide to make? How do you decide what the menu is going to be? It took a while. Um, I wanted it to reflect LRB and our classics and what we're known for. And so you'll see all of our farms that we use are going to be um, used at the James Beard House, plus the classics that we've done here before and a lot of the southern influence so i'm looking at the menu you, you'll be doing and this is for a new york audience and the, and your your fans and friends from here who will go to new york to to have dinner with you you'll have like a, a pea salad and and uh, uh, let's see rabbit ribs with a, a with a bacon i see that at cornbread stuffing and then uh, a smoky ham hock uh, that's a ham hock creole cream cheese raviolo and then uh, braised beef cheeks with uh, roast mushrooms. I just all that sounds great. That's all one dinner. Somebody's going to go have all that for dinner. It is. We're going to do five courses plus um, four past hors d'oeuvres to begin. Can we get a little sample now? <laughs> <laughs> well, what what's the real indic? What's the real uh, the, the 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 proudest dish on here that really shows your style and what you've brought to Ellerby? What what what's the most uh, definitive dish on here that people say that is Ellerby? I think the rabbit really showcases what we do here. It's memory food, but using maybe a different cut that someone's not used to. The crispy rabbit ribs, that's something that I picked up when I was traveling in Spain, but it was reminiscent of the fried chicken that we all grew up on. So it's that little bit of crunch that you'll be getting on the plate. But then with the cornbread stuffing, we all have the dressing and the stuffings throughout the year. And so the roasted celery root and potato is reminiscent of the potato salads that your grandmother always made. You know, before we get away from this, we should tell them it's $170 for dinner, and it's on Monday, June 9th. So if you're interested, I think there's still some And I noticed on the website you can actually, there's going to be kitchen cams, and you can actually watch what's going on in the kitchen. There are. Really a whole, I, I just mentioned some of the entrees, but there's a whole hors d'oeuvres, and there's a Louisiana cane syrup cake dinner and, and everything. You know, I have, Molly, I tell people at LRB that because you, know, you and Richard are from Shreveport, I tell people that, that LRB brings this whole Louisiana gentility to Magnolia. Am, am I describing it right? Is that Well, that's very kind of you. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Uh, we are both from Shreveport, and so everyone is, expects it to be very, very Creole. But we're North Louisiana, so we're right on the border of Texas. So a lot of the food that you grew up with here influenced us at home as well. But then we have that Louisiana feel and, and the hospitality of the South throughout our I that like was, the way you guys both say Louisiana. Louisiana, that's right. I, yeah. When I lived How do you Kentucky, say it? Well, when I lived in Kentucky, people would say Louisville, and you knew they weren't from yeah. Kentucky. It was Louisville. Yeah, well, the, the, uh, and she's right that, I mean, Shreveport is closer to Dallas than, than to the bayou in some ways. But the, but the, the thing is, I, I don't know my experience. When I've gone to Shreveport uh, and, and had dinner in Shreveport at some of the, whether it's the, the old places there, they're just, you feel like you're halfway to, to the Garden District in New Orleans, I mean, the, the spirit of, of uh, the service and the professionalism 
and the, the hospitality all seem to be a, a real step above what you see in Texas. And it, it almost feels like the New Orleans Farm Club or something. Well, thank you. Well, <laughs> definitely dining is an experience, and it always was growing up. You know, that was a great thing to be able to go out to dinner with my parents and to the finest restaurants in Shreveport. And we'd even come over to Dallas and um, around the United States. I was very blessed being some of the best restaurants growing up, so. It's it's pretty amazing, you know. In, you were saying that this is a fifth year anniversary coming up. In some ways, it seems like LRB's been here forever, and then it really hasn't been very long. But so much has grown up around you guys here on Magnolia, and you guys were one of the first ones to really kind of, you know, stake your claim, especially on this end of the street. And is it amazing how how much has grown up around you guys? It really is, and it's great to watch. We've become our own little restaurant row. You know, that people compare us to Austin, and and that I, I'm very appreciative of that. It's great to see that we've been a part of this whole movement for Magnolia. When you started five years ago, I mean, could you imagine some, some of the big accolades that you've gotten? You were named one of the best restaurants by Bon Appetit, and, you know, I mean, they just keep coming. And you're such a kind of down-to-earth person, I'm sure you're... We're blown away still. <laughs> Every day, it's an honor Every award that we get, we're surprised by, and we're so appreciative of the recognition. You know, it's it's a whole team that it takes to get this running every single day, and so it's not just me and Richard. It's the whole team back here. Now, one of the uh, signatures here is farm-to-table service, and with you, it's not just a slogan. It's something you actually tell us on every dish which farm and, and uh and where it's from. You don't just slap a label farm the table on it. You know, talk about that, but also kind of the, the, it's a tough year for farm to table because of the drought. We're here on a beautiful, sunny, dry day in May, but the problem is all these beautiful, sunny days are too dry to grow more crops and grow more vegetables. So talk about farm to table and then kind of what's current with farm to table. Sure. It, it has been a very long winter, (laughs) a very hard winter. Um, my farmers lost their crops twice with these late freezes and had to start completely over. Um, luckily, it didn't get any of the peaches, so that's looking really good for us this year. But we're about two months behind, so last week was the first week that we really saw a lot of the greens and radishes and um, fresh vegetables that you're used to seeing in March coming on in the uh, market. So it's a challenge, but... They have a very challenging job, too, as farmers, so much more so than us. So, Are you out in the markets shopping? I am. I go to the market at least twice a week. Caltown Farmers Market is our main provider. On the Benbrook Traffic Circle? It is. It is. And we also use Ridgemar as a supplement as well. And then we have some great farmers that will deliver to us if they're not going to be able to make it to one of the farmers markets that we're going to. Explain the process a little bit of how you come up with sort of the dishes and the menus. I, I mean, unlike a lot of restaurants that people may go to where, you know, the menu is set and you're constantly evolving and changing your dishes. Yeah, where do you think up this stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Sure. Well, being the farm to table, it all is dependent on what the farmers have for me. So I work kind of in reverse compared to most chefs. They usually start with the protein, say a steak or the chicken. I go to the market and see what they have and then work from the vegetables and what pairs nicely with these vegetables and which one are they going to have for the longest period of time to make it a mainstay on the dish. And then, as you can tell by our menu, I pull a lot from classics and tweak them, update them from my memory foods growing up and then also travels. 
what have you adjusted for Fort Worth's taste? Is there anything that you, I know you had you 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 always have a game burger of some kind or a, something that you know contributes to the Magnolia Burger scene. But the, yes. what have you done to, for Fort Worth? Fort Worth has been amazing about being accepting. You know, I feel that we have really pushed with some of the different types of seafood that we've had on the menu and even some of the different cuts of meat, be it beef or game. And they've really embraced all of it. And some of the ones that I was concerned about but just wanted it to be the challenging dish, we always like to have that one challenging dish on the menu, have become some of our most popular ones. What, what, what would be an example of something like that? Uh, one thing, the beef cheeks. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to stir away from that or um, <laughs> pork belly. Mm-hmm. And we've also done whole fish like branzini and soft-shell crabs. Things that you don't see that often in Fort Worth um, have really been accepted. When you get it home now, you, you're dealing with fresh vegetables and, and sort of this lab that you have here where you create. When you get home, what's your guilty pleasure to eat at home? Oh, it just depends. You know, I still use all the vegetables and the fruit from the farm. When it's peak summer, I'm pretty much living off of the cantaloupe and the watermelon. (laughs) But, you know, I don't cook like this at home. Everyone always asks my husband, oh, you just must have the best meals. He's like, she makes a lot of casseroles. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Something that you can have over multiple days. (laughs) Exactly. Now, will you pack all this and take it to New York? I mean, how will you bring all this uh, farm produce to New York? We're going to be overnighting probably about 75% of our menu. And then Richard and I will be going up a day early to do some quick crash shopping around mm-hmm. New York to get our final ingredients. Mm-hmm. And then our kitchen staff, we're going to be bringing four of them with us, which we're really excited about them getting the opportunity to do this with us. They'll be coming up on Sunday and then we're going to have a mad dash in the kitchen all day Monday. Are you doing any specials here, serving some of the same menu items here? We will when we get back. There will definitely okay. be some of these making an appearance on our menu. And then also when we get back, that is our anniversary week. Mm-hmm. So that entire week we will be giving back to the community, to Alzheimer's Association, Shriners Children's Hospital, and Susan G. Komen. And we should mention, too, although some people may be listening after Mother's Day right now as we talk, Mother's Day's coming up. And, you know, I know you have a few seats left here, but, you know, how much pressure is there to do a really good job on Mother's Day? It's a lot of pressure. You know, mom is always right. So <laughs> we really try to strive for a great Mother's Day. It's their day. We don't open for that many of the extra holidays. You know, we're, we're not open for Easter. We're not open for Thanksgiving. We like to give our staff that chance to be with their family. But for Mother's Day, for mom, we go ahead and open and really want to make it special for her. But you were talking a little bit earlier about uh so Fort Worth has a pretty good tradition of chefs going to cook at the James Beard. Yeah, I was trying to think of all the, you know, Tim Love and John Bunnell and Lanny Lancard and, and then uh, the, some of the hotel chefs have gone. And you know, I was trying to think of another woman from Fort Worth who's gone. I, I know Joanne Bondi from the Gaylord, which is Tarrant County. But do you do you know of... of uh, uh, Not off the top of my head, yeah, out of Fort Worth. I think I mean, we've had about, you're about the 10th chef from Fort Worth to go to the James Beard house. And, and uh and of course, you have to show that you, in order to go, you have to show that you all will support the. It's a foundation, and you show that you'll support the foundation's program in order to be able to go too. So. Yes, definitely. We're members of the James Beard Foundation, and you know, they do such great work for the cooking culinary community and for the heritage of cooking. You know, 
Is there, um, do they expect you to be a cowboy chef when you walk in? Do you have to explain <laughs> that, that, you, that you don't do uh, kangaroo ribs or something? I don't think so. I think that Fort Worth is really getting another name for itself. And it, again, is being accepted. And we're not looked at as just the steak and potato city anymore. Well, you recently participated in the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, the first one. You were one of the marquee chefs there. And, and one of the really sort of Fort Worth's most prominent female chef. I mean, is that something that people ask you about a lot or, or, you know, is it, do you just, I'm I'm just a chef. I like to think of myself as just a chef, Mm -hmm. but you know, I've been in this business for almost 20 years now, which I cannot believe, (laughs) you know, obviously it is male dominant, but Mm -hmm. after 20 years, you learn to be one of the guys. Uh So you're, you're throwing around the expletives. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Don't um, ask my kitchen. Well, there there has been a glass ceiling in restaurants, but I think they've finally gotten over uh, recognizing uh, you know women. You know, there was a time when women weren't weren't even given the title of chef, but that uh, that's thirty forty years past now. So, well, after five years here, you know, recently we've seen this huge sort of boom of restaurants here in Fort Worth, and and a lot of expansion. Some good, some not so good. I mean, after five years, is there a, a an urge to try and open a second restaurant to try and do something different. I mean, I think one of the things I admire about you guys is you've kind of really focused on this restaurant. Do you have sort of ambitions to something to another restaurant? Are you going to be doing Ellerbee burger down the street? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've said there will never be another Ellerbee. This is Richard and I's baby. We don't think that we could ever replicate this. This is where we spend our days and nights and we love it. And We will never do this again. Do we have goals and aspirations of other ideas? Of course. Mm -hmm. And we're always working on those. I always like to ask this. Talk about other uh, local restaurants that you really like. Where do you really like to go out and eat just for funky dinner on your night off or something? All different places. You know, for (laughs) the special occasion, we always go to Bonnell's. I love it. The classic, you know, Fort Mm -hmm. Worth. Um, I'm really enjoying Clay Pigeon. I think they're doing a great job over there as the new guy on the block. Um, and then, you know, the hole in the walls. We love all the little hole in the walls in the Mexican restaurants mm-hmm. and whatnot. It seems like, yeah, there has been this wave of, of new restaurants now. They're, they're all kind of trying to do some of the same stuff you've been doing for five years. I mean, is that you sort of say, well, they're the new kids on the block. <laughs> well, the the new, new ones around, you right. know. So I'd come came to Fort Worth from California and the idea of Farm to Table was, um, have been incorporated for many years there. So for us to do it here, it was new for Fort Worth, but it's established in many other places. And, and I'll, I'll add that a lot of the new restaurants, uh, you know, part of their personality is a specialty cocktail menu and it's about bars and cocktails and you know LRB is really focused on the dining and the menu and you have wines and the wines up front and you know, you have a wonderful list here, but you're not all about, you know, who can make the, the most knockout shot drink or whatever. So. No, we want it to be a dining experience always. We said we want it to be the place that you go after a hard day's work or mm-hmm. for your special occasion, you mm-hmm. know. Now, will you get to spend much time in New York beyond the, the cooking or do you? Not really. Yeah. It's going to be all about the James Beard house, but we're so excited about that. 
We are too, so I'm going to be watching on the kitchen cam. What about you, Bud? Are you going? Yeah, I, I, I'll do my best to, to tune in the kitchen cam. I think, <laughs> you know, Rick, I'll leave it up to you over whether I can go or not. That's I know. You're I'm, kind I'm, of the I'm boss. Gonna, of, I'm hitting up the boss. You're kind of the boss of the podcast here. So. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you, Molly, very thank much. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Until next week. I'm Rick Press. I'm Bud Kennedy. Once was a sweet thing.